underway at the corner of Carnegie and Ontario. Welcome back to Mad Dog Pod. I'm Nate. I'm Gabe. And I'm Andrew. Today we're going to be breaking down the uh, Bleacher Report's top 15 players at each position in the NBA and deciding whether or not we agree or disagree with each of their picks. We'll also be scrutinizing what position they put players at because in the current NBA that can be up for debate, like whether or not Tatum's a power forward or Gordon Hayward's the power forward, or if they should both just be called like small forwards even though they play together. So we'll be seeing whether or not some Cavs players got snubbed and just be discussing that. With that being said, we're going to dive right into the NBA position rankings with the point guard position. We're just going to go straight through 15 through 11, discuss the rankings of those players and potential snubs from the list. So at 15, it's Spencer Dinwiddie, then D'Angelo Russell, then Fred Van Vliet, followed by Eric Bledsoe, and rounding off, rounding off 11 through 15, at 11 is De'Aaron Fox. So right off the bat, the main problem I have with this is Fred Van Vliet over D'Angelo Russell and Spencer Dinwiddie. He's having a decent year as the probably the second option on that Raptors team, but just ability-wise, I don't think he's remotely close to... Dinwiddie or D'Angelo Russell, especially D'Angelo Russell. So I think he should be 15th. Do you guys see any snubs potentially on this list? Um, when you look at other point guards in the league, I mean, you see Lonzo Ball possibly being up there. Malcolm Brogdon has had a good year with the Pacers. Uh, those are two that I can think of. Uh, I mean, Mike Conley had a bad year, I guess, but like... I don't know. We've seen him perform well in the past, so possibly him. Um, what about Jamal Murray? I, he's averaging yeah. 18 points this season. I mean, it's he's not just getting he's not getting a lot of recognition just because he plays in Denver and Denver doesn't get a lot of recognition as a team. And because he's a bigger contract than he probably deserves, yeah. so people Def- just so, assume he's bad. Yep. Um, he shoots 45% from the field, and he's averaging I think 18.8 points per game. While Fred Van Vliet is shoot is averaging seventeen point six points per game and shooting forty percent from forty one percent from the field if you round up, so he, he's more efficient of a shooter than Fred Van Vliet. The one thing that is underrated about Fred Van Vliet, everyone just assumes he's a bad defender because he's so small. But actually, if you look at his um, stats when he's guarding someone, the he's actually pretty good uh, of an all ball on ball defender and uh, contesting shots. So um, he's very underrated in that aspect. I wouldn't put him at 13. I think like D'Lo and Dinwiddie are both better than him. Um, but yeah. I, 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 I'm not that mad that he's on the top 15. Yeah. He's uh, also a pretty good passer. Or at least an, I would say an underrated passer, especially considering he's 6.6%. like... 6.6%. Yeah, he's just getting into a, a role. And he's also like... Maybe he doesn't shoot that well from the field, but he's a pretty decent. He's not even the number shooter. one point guard. It's it's Lowry. Yeah, 
who I'm assuming is later on in this list. Uh, two more players I wanted to bring up, though. Uh, one's not on the list just because he didn't play this year was John Wall. I mean, I'm sure if he did, and he said he's 100% healthy. And he said uh, he's better than he's ever been. Yeah. Which like, I'm excited. I don't believe, like, it's just him hyping himself up, probably. But if that's, that's true, cap. I would love to that see that. That is cap. He would be a player on this list had he played. But another player that I think is underrated at point guard that I don't know if I would have seen them make this in my top 15 but kind of around there is uh avery bradley he had a really good uh you know back end of the year before things blew up but he was really good defensively and a really good playmaker for them you know even with lebron taking up most of the assists as the second yeah one guy that i think should get a little recognition um Ricky Rubio, I, he doesn't average a lot of points, only 13 points per game, but he averages nine assists. Yeah, he's, per he's game, like which, kind of like a Rondo type player. Yeah, so like he's very like he plays that traditional point guard role pretty well, and he's got really good handle. Yeah, I think he's a perfect matchup for a uh, second or a shooting guard like Devin Booker. Uh, we'll do the next three players on the list together. So at 10, which I have a major problem with, they have John Morant. At nine, they have Kemba Walker, and at eight, they have Trey Young. So right off the bat, seeing those three that low, it's kind of making me think who could possibly like what seven players could possibly be considered better than Trey Young because performance-wise, he's arguably been like the top or like top three point guard this year. And this list is based off this year. Same thing goes for John Morant, who's having an insane rookie year, and Kemba Walker, who's having an art like pretty underrated year with the Boston Celtics, who are a stacked roster. So I don't necessarily have an issue with the ordering of those three players. I would probably say Kemba's still a little bit better than Ja, and Trey's definitely like my pick of the three. But the fact that they're that low is kind of concerning for me. Yeah, for for me, Trey Young is definitely an interesting point guard to look at. Especially because, I mean, he is rated the worst defender in the league. Yeah, definitely. So, take a ton away from him there, I guess. And then his offensive stats are pretty large. You know, you look at him, he's averaging 30 points per game, basically, and a lot of assists. Almost 10 assists. Yeah, yeah almost I 10 think assists. he's second in the league behind LeBron. 9.3 assists. However, you look at his team and, like, the amount of minutes he gets and opportunities he gets because there's not a lot of big good players on the team it it kind of juices his stats a little bit i'd say you see it a lot with you know good players that are on uh bad teams like not to not to really take that much away from him but you know so i can see why they're kind of lenient on him being you know higher than eight but yeah yeah. he's kind of like a devin booker or bradley beal this year where like all three of them are putting up close to 30 points per game but those stats are kind of empty because they're not winning games. And there's a lot of players in the league who, in that scenario, would be putting up the same numbers. But it's just that because they're on a better team, they're putting up less. I don't know if they'd be putting up 30 points per game. That's still pretty insane. Yeah, yeah. For, but um, he does average around 21 field goals per game. Which I'm assuming is like top three to five in the league. Maybe. Uh, he averages around 10 threes per game. Yeah. That's... He shoots 36% when he's... Supposed to be known as this, when coming out of college, he was known for this his great passing and his elite three point shooting comp, uh, shooting, but we just really haven't seen it. I I would put him, I understand putting him over Kemba, but 
the stats wise, John Morant doesn't match up with Trey Young. So yeah. if you're just strictly looking at stats, I get why Trey Young is up there because Kemba's only averaging like 21 points and he's only averaging five assists. Yeah, and I think Jaw's like 19 and like he's, seven. Jaw six. is seven assists, 17.6 points. Yeah. So uh, scoring wise and even assist wise, they're not on par with Trey Young. So, but the other two are winning games. They are winning games, and uh, John Moran has been. I thought he was going to win Rookie of the Year, and he's been nothing but extraordinary in my in my eyes. I think he's should win Rookie of the Year. He, is going he probably to. he will. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, usually the public view uh, really comes to shine in the Rookie of the Year. Yeah. So now we can move on to. I guess we'll do seven and six. So yeah. seven. This one kind of like Jaws concerning to me is Russell Westbrook. He's having, you could argue, probably his second best season ever with the Rockets right now. And at least in January and February, he was looking like one of the best players in the league. I personally think he's overrated. But in terms of what he's doing this year, he should be higher than that. And then six is where my major problem comes in. It's Kyle Lowry. I genuinely don't think he should be ranked above any of the last four name players we named. I think he should be around 10th. Like, I think Jaw should definitely be above Kyle Lowry. And I think Kemba and definitely, definitely Trey Young and Russell Westbrook should all be above Kyle Lowry. So it's kind of interesting to see how the person making this is weighing things like winning over, like, just pure stats, which I guess is why uh, Kyle Lowry is really high. Like, the first line of his description for uh, Kyle Lowry is, cue the annual Kyle Lowry is too damn high. So... I think he was expecting everyone to call him out for this, but yeah. I think it's also deserved. So the person who makes this list, uh, they have a history of kind of you know they really like these Raptors players because I don't I don't know like I think it was two he years put, ago two years yeah ago. I mean well this past before this season started he had uh, a top one hundred NBA players list and he put Fred VanVleet on there pretty pretty high or something and at one point he called fred van vliet a top 10 mvp candidate like halfway through this season so <laughs> i i mean I these know. guys Preacher like these is yeah. weirdly high on fred van vliet. yeah, yeah. And, I don't know. and kyle me. lowry too like i've seen them like really like this guy i don't know he's good on defense i mean he his scoring's up this year from the past two years uh he gets seven assists and four rebounds almost five yeah. Uh, shoots all right from three. I don't know. His field goal percentage is kind of a little bit lower, but you know he's also a guard. So the the thing but. that makes him so valuable is that he he does really well in that Raptors offense, where he he really plays all around the court and he can mesh with any person you really put in there. Whether they want to go defensively with Serge and Mark, not so much, but just like more people in the paint and not as stretched out. Even though Serge and Mark are. Mark, they have three-point shots. That's more of their um, stay in the paint. when And when they want to stretch out, they put Chris Boucher in there. So yeah, he, I, he just works well in that offense and Nick Nurse's system. And he's just he's just a solid player. But I don't think he's the sixth best point guard in the league. And I don't yeah, think he's definitely. above Russell Westbrook. I, he remind The way I look at him is he's like a worse Kemba Walker in my eyes. Like, I feel like both of them are in... Are like, He's got a better three-point shot. Yeah, they're both like point guards and who can defense. probably work yeah. in most systems. 
which like that's hard to find in point guards this year a lot of the, or like in the current nba a lot of them are meant for specific systems like Stephen trey can really only play in like a system that's revolving around three-point shooting and like russ is i mean he's adapted to a system like the raptors but with the thunder they were more focused on like, i don't know slashing. if steph revolves around three, but we haven't seen him in anything else yeah but like but like any system shooting. he joins is going to turn into predominantly yeah. three-point shooting yeah but like kyle and kemba have both like kind of just immerse themselves in the system that they're in right now whether that and they're like kind of hidden players but i personally think kemba's better and i don't think either of them are close to russell westbrook so i think russ should definitely be russ should be russ should be especially the terror he had in january February. like he was playing out of his mind and i i'm i'm a little bit shocked that Kyle Lowry's above him. I'm not shocked that Kyle Lowry's top ten. Yeah. Because I, I I think he's top ten. But above Russell Westbrook, I'm not so mad at the Kemba Walker thing because Kemba he's doing okay. He's not having this spectacular season, but he's sort of fit the Kyrie role that he, Kyrie was supposed to play quite nicely. And it helps that Tatum and Jalen Brown have all elevated their games as well. So I get Kyle Lowry being, I just don't see him as higher than Russell Westbrook. So the we'll do the next two players together. So fifth and fourth place. Fifth place is Kyrie Irving. I love Kyrie. I think that next year when he has KD, he'll go back to playing more like the Cavs Kyrie, like the prime Kyrie that we saw when he has like a definitive first option above him and he's the second option. I think he just needs a bigger player to kind of like push down his ego a little bit and make him know that he's the second option so i think he's gonna have a good year next year i don't think he should be in this position given that it's mainly this report says that it's mainly looking at this season so i don't think Kyrie should be above russ should be above a lot of the players he's above shouldn't be above he shouldn't be above trey young kemba yeah all like if you look at i i follow the nets a little bit because my favorite player is joe harris but if you look at with him sitting out, they're twenty-two and twenty-two, and when he's in the lineup, they're eight and twelve. Yeah. And then you just go look at Boston, where they get a similar player in Kemba Walker, and they start to flourish. Now you could say that's because Tatum has really grown from last year to this year, but I I I just he's he's not. I don't want to question. I don't feel comfortable questioning his leadership, but it just doesn't seem. He's very good in that role. Yeah. And so, also, like, if you keep in mind that the they're winning more with him off the court, which means they're winning more with Spencer Dinwiddie as yeah. the starting point guard, and Dinwiddie's ranked 15th on this list, but Kyrie's five. I always thought they should have stick, stuck with D-Lo. Russell or, yeah. or Dinwiddie, but I don't think you would have got KD if you stuck with them. Yeah, so probably not. Um, but we'll see how Kyrie and KD works out. Another thing is we've seen Kyrie throughout his uh, career – he gets injured. He got injured again this season multiple times. And it's just, I want to see this guy play a full season or at least close to that. I think him and KD will, if KD comes back 100%, which like as like a 32-year-old coming off in a big Achilles injury, that's a little bit doubtful. Yeah, but, but his game doesn't totally depend yeah. on his athleticism. It's so a lot skill-based. If KD comes back close to where he was, I think they'll be amazing together. But for this list... Like I can't count I don't see him at my hopes, especially for Kyrie. Russell Westbrook again. Yeah. Like yeah. I just don't see him. For me, 
I kind of like where Kyrie is, to be honest. At, at five <laughs> or six. Do. Of course I do, do think Russ should be higher than him. Okay. Don't get me wrong. But, sure right on that. but I think Kyrie is good where he is right now. I mean, he was injured a lot this season, and it's based off just this season. But, I mean, he was still, when he was playing, he was still a really good player. Like, I mean, it was encour- those yeah. first couple games were encouraging because he played pretty well and they looked pretty well together. But then, like, he started making comments that yeah. got I mean, yeah, but that's, the wrong and way. Like, but that's and, that's got nothing to do with him on the court, though. But I mean, no, also but, like his you performance. Total, you look at the total package when you're looking at the season. Yeah, but in a leadership I, but like, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Lowry's okay. got him beat in a leadership perspective. Okay. And Westbrook's yes. got him beat basically in everything. And I think no. you could argue Lowry. And like for this season he alone, doesn't have the stats, but I, I just I think Lowry. This season alone, better. you could even this argue season. like Jaw, just because he's putting up better like playmaking numbers, and his team's winning more, and he doesn't have. Well, actually, they probably have like sort of comparable teammates around them, but I mean, like just off of Kyrie not playing, I don't think he should be. Also, it was strange to see. I I think earlier in the season when Kyrie was on the court. The Nets three-point shooters, who were uh, they were a really good three-point shooting team last year. They yeah. added Tarion Prince, who's a pretty good three-point shooter, and obviously Joe Harris, Joey Buckets. Um, he went down in three-point shooting, but when Spencer Dinwiddie was on the court, he'd go up. When Kyrie was on the court, he'd go down, and that was evident early in the season. Yeah, but um, that doesn't really matter if we're being honest. I mean, the I mean, winning, the winning, the winning didn't matters. really mean much. I think it does because no, it, it didn't really mean much though. But like, if like you, you're looking at one single player's yeah, but no, I'm looking at Tarion Prince and Joe Harris. Okay, and, and their two main three points. And if, if you, you look, look at the time in the season, I mean, if you look at like the rest of their roster performance, the rest, of, the the rest yeah. of their roster was way worse when Kyrie was on the court. Like this dude drops uh, dropped a 50, 50 point game, and they still lost because like you can attribute that to everyone else sucking, but Spencer Dinwiddie's out there dropping twenty point games, and they're winning all of them. So I think it is pretty telling. For Kyrie as a personality and an ego in a locker room, that like he can be putting up an insane game, insane numbers, and his team's still losing, and everyone around him is performing worse. But you know, looking forward to next season, Kyrie and Katie, I can't wait to see that pairing. I want to see what that provides. Yeah, I the Nets, especially with their core, and if they retain, you know, some of the guys in this offseason, they should be stacked for a championship run. Yeah, I hate K- Katie because of his Warriors move, but. I'm gonna love watching KD and Kyrie together because KD's a probably one of, like the best offensive player of all time, and, and I just love him, Kyrie's game. Michael, that's that's yeah. really the debate. Yeah, yeah. Most people would say Michael just because of the, like his history and stuff. Um, the the stats that man put up in that time were crazy. Yeah, but regardless, KD and Kyrie should be like a problem in the East. The next player at four is. Ben Simmons, I don't. I mean, I gotta see who's above him, but putting him above the players he's been put above, besides Russell Westbrook, I'm probably okay with. He doesn't put up the best numbers, but he's probably the best defensive player on the list, just purely off of his size and like the fact that they're able to have someone who's I think he's listed at six ten at the point guard position. Yeah. Definitely helps out the 76ers. I think he's been hurt by the addition of Al Horford because it's clogged the paint with having Al Horford yeah. and Joel Embiid. They Embi- expected him to be a spot up shooter, but he just really can't. Yeah, be like they play that there's role. so many other power forwards they could have gotten for a third of the price that could have played that role. Yeah. But with all that being said, I still think 
talent-wise and honestly just off of his pure size and versatility, I think Ben Simmons deserves to be here. With, obviously, as we've said, for all of the players that are above him, Russell Westbrook should be above him. Do you guys have any issues? Um, I think him and Russ could go back and forth at like the no. you know four or five position. I just but no the thing about Russ okay is that right now in the Rocket system it just clears so much space for him having PJ Tucker at center where you can just spread out and give Russ room to use his athleticism yeah. that he drops these huge numbers and then he has so many shooters on the perimeter to pass to that like and he has James Harden on his team taking away uh, you know, the best guard defender most of the time. Like, it's really benefited, benefited I, him he's on, a lot. I, but I don't want to talk too much about Westbrook still, but, like, the his off-ball game has impressed me. I thought he was going to be di- abysmal this off-season, this uh, season. Yeah, off with, the ball, I thought him and Jason Harden would He's actually done work. pretty well. Um, but I just – I can't see Ben Simmons number four. I mean, he's got the size. Like, I just – He's got the ability to be a top point guard in the game. He's just not there yet. Yeah. I mean, he's still ninety, per, nearly ninety percent of his attempts come inside eight feet. Yeah, I don't know if he like, gets a shot. Like he has the potential to be re- like. There's a reason why Joel Embiid's threes are going up and his percentage, yeah. his field goal percentage is going yeah, up because he has to get you out. You can't use Embiid in the post with Ben Simmons there. Yeah, so one of them has to, you know, get their three point shots up, and right now it's Embiid, but which definitely hurts Embiid's numbers. Yeah, and then. The fact that they do have two big name, big bodies, uh, big men in the starting lineup also hurts Ben Simmons because it's harder for him to drive if there's two defenders already in the paint plus the guy guarding him. Yeah, and so it, I think Ben Simmons is like the reverse of Russ, where his team hurts him, which is the reason why I would put Russ above. If you him. got a system that fit around Ben Simmons, like just bunch of shooters and then yeah. Ben, you'd be fine. Ben Simmons on the Rockets would be disgusting. Yeah. So well, the reason the reason I think that Bleacher Report puts Ben Simmons at four just because of his defense. Yeah. Like I think Bleacher yeah. Report overrates the defense in the league or, you know, takes that into account. Because there's no defense so much. In the league, it's really. almost like a 50-50 offense defense for them. That's probably, that's uh, why it's pretty Van close. Fleet was higher. That's why yeah, Lowry that's why Lowry's higher. higher. Exactly. So, well, and Ben Simmons, I mean, it doesn't uh, explain he's, Trey Young being above Kemba and Jabba. Well, that's yeah, another. but, uh, Ben Simmons, though, his defense is, like, one of the best in the league. He's going to make an all-defensive team, definitely. I mean, you can say that, like, oh, he's playing point guard at his size. But, like, he he defends one through five, honestly. Yeah. He can we, defend a center in the paint, the thing, too. Like, the thing we haven't mentioned, his passing is just... Yeah, his yeah. playmaking so, is really good. He's up he, there with LeBron. Yeah. yeah. If he got a shot, he could probably become a shot creator, too. Like, if, if Ben Simmons can shoot threes... He's genuinely, in my opinion, a top 25 player all the time. The only problem is that... Like, for, he would be disgusting yeah. if he could shoot. The only problem is that he takes a lot of shots around the rim, and he doesn't make a lot of them. He's still in the 93rd percentile yeah. of finishing around the rim. Yeah. So that, like, if you're only going to shoot around the rim, you got to make your shots. You can't be in the 93rd percentile. And that's why having Jimmy Butler instead of Al Horford but Jimmy did help want, him. I, but. I, I, I don't understand. Like, if they actually did choose Tobias Harris and... Al Horford over Jimmy Butler. That's just stupid. Yeah, it had to be Jimmy but wanting it's, it's to leave. But it, yeah, it was, I think Jimmy... And Jimmy. Miami is such a good fit for him. So yeah, And the good. potential of the 2021 offseason for Jimmy in Miami, where he can bring in, like, they've been talking about a Giannis-type player going to they, Miami. Yeah. 
and that's such a big offseason that Jimmy, I mean, and obviously now there's no way Jimmy regrets leaving. But I think the only reason why they ended up taking Al and signing back Tobias Harris is because Jimmy Butler refused. I mean, yeah. that is a big market team. You yeah. Know, like, I can really see someone going to South Beach this offseason. Yeah. And helping them out. I mean, I could see Ben Simmons being top point guard in the league. Just I don't think he's there yet. Yeah, he needs at least at least a mid range shot. Yeah, which he doesn't even have yet. But the mid range, the mid range shot, it's the worst shot statistically yeah. in the NBA. But like, just to make his defender guard efficiency him, wise, yeah. it's terrible. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but just to make his defenders step out even more because they can start guarding him at the free throw line at this yeah. point. Which yeah. is really I'd rather him. I'd honestly rather have him just only have a three point shot and have no mid range game. Like, oh yeah, one hundred. At this point, like it's, their team would do a the, lot the better. The mid range is almost getting eradicated. You know? And and like, their the way their team works, like everyone else on their team is good defensively. Like they yeah. don't need a defensive point guard. Like having a Trey Young, who according to this list is four spots worse than Ben Simmons, on their roster, in my opinion, would be like ten times better for them than having a Ben Simmons. Like, because they've passing, yeah. shooting, yeah, yeah. So you, yeah, and you just run. The T. Skybel just plays on the and better then guard. Can be yeah. so like, like he's so good in the post. Like it, if they just if they they just parked him down there yeah. and he just went to work, that would be, they'd be such a good. Yeah, team. and I know like a lot of Sixers fans want to you know there's there could be the upcoming decision you know if you go Embiid or you go Simmons and a lot of Sixers fans really love Simmons and the way he plays, but. If you look at their team, Embiid's the they right would <laughs> like Embiid's probably the right choice just because of the other players on their roster. I think, but and just I because mean, of the way that it'd be tough, it'd be also it'd be really tough to find a replacement for Embiid. Yeah, so we spent a lot of time on Ben Simmons and the 76ers. So uh, for the final three, just like the last two, we'll just do them one at a time. The next one, I am extremely excited that he's getting the respect he deserves, is Chris Paul. Yet again, could argue that Russ should be above him. I personally think that Chris Paul deserves to be a top three point guard in the league. I think, in my opinion, he might be the most underrated player in NBA history. Yes, he hasn't gotten far in any NBA playoffs, but if you look at his numbers in the clutch in the NBA... You could argue that with LeBron, he's the clutchest player in the history of the game. Even just this year, the amount of clutch shots he's been making at the end of regulation in the last five minutes of games. He's number is, one on the, yeah. on the, in the NBA. He's right number now. one in uh, points in the last like, two minutes, and I think. Shy Gilgis Alexander is number two. Like, they've been getting into a lot of late games, but like Chris Paul is disgusting this year. They go from having a team that had. Russ and Paul George. Paul George was like MVP level last year. Yep. Russ has been MVP yep. level this year and two years ago, three years ago when he won one of those years. So they went from having two MVP level players to having a bunch of young guys, Aquaman and Chris Paul, who at this point in his career, everyone was like, oh, Chris Paul is washed up. They're just taking his contract so that they can build their young players. And Chris Paul has brought this team to having more wins than the Russell Westbrook Paul George team. Which is like, and they're tied with the Rockets. Yeah, like he's made this team like went going from totally rebuilding, dumping their two stars to being not like still technically rebuilding because they're focusing on young players and they have like every pick for the next six drafts. Yeah, but they're yeah. also like but a good team in the West and they're a threat. I think we also have to focus on like uh, I. Chris Paul, biggest surprise for me of the season. I didn't 100%. think the Thunder were going to be that good. But mm-hmm. we also have to look at his teammates. Like, Danilo Gallinari is playing 
lights out this year. Yeah. Now, you can attribute that to some to Chris Paul, but also Shea Gildas Alexander is playing great. Mm-hmm. Better than people yeah. expected. Both of those two guys exceeded expectations, and that's where the Thunder are where they are. And I, I agree, Chris Paul should be at, at least top five this year. I mean, like, his clutch stats, we've already went over them, are insane. And then his, like, honestly, defensively, he hasn't been as, like, slow as I thought he would be, and he's been pretty good defensively. Also, it, it helps he's, to have Steven Adams and guys like that. Behind. And he's also always had good hands for stealing yep. and stuff. Yeah. When you look at Chris Paul's, like, statistics, though, I mean, they're pretty even with what we've seen over the past couple of years. There's nothing that really jumps out. But, I mean, even his assists are, like, down from the past couple of years. But, like... Watching him play on the court, like you can tell, this dude makes a difference in every like, uh, like in uh, like every intangible that you can find. Like he makes a huge difference on the defensive end, and also just one thing I wanted to shout out was Sam Presti. Like yeah. that dude just got he just robbed the Clippers. Maybe I mean we'll see. Depends if Clippers on the draft can, picks. Yeah, it yeah. depends on the draft picks and but if Paul George can win a chip. Five but honestly, like they. Okay, but we've seen teams get a bunch of first round. Like the Redskins got a ton of first round draft picks, yeah. and they didn't hit on a single one of them in the Ricky Williams trade. But like, so but I trust Sam Presti to and, make you know the, the like, necessary draft picks. Even though there, the draft picks aren't going to be that good for the first couple of years, in like four or five years, when they get those first round draft picks, Clippers are going to have to be rebuilding because they're going to be losing their like unless they re- they're, they're either going to be like aging out. Or they're not gonna have enough money to I keep mean, everybody. Oh well, yeah, so but they'll, be, just win they'll be getting. Though. They'll be getting. No, but like for the Thunder, they'll be getting like probably lottery picks in a couple of years from the Clippers. Which, like, honestly, getting Shea Gilchrist Alexander plus two first round picks would have been a win at this point. But they got five out of it, and they got Danilo, and they got Danilo, which like is ridiculous. They got two of their four best players plus a bunch of picks, and they ended up getting Chris Paul who has been probably, even though he's like mid-30s, the breakout star of the year. So yeah. I love Chris Paul at three. I think he's having a great year. and I, I would disagree with the breakout star because I think the next, one of the guys coming up on the list is the breakout star. But Well, uh, Luca? When the, well yeah. when the, no, Luca was the breakout star last year. Everyone knew no, he was good already. because he sort of faded in the second half. This year... He's upped it to another level, but we'll get to him. Yeah. Let's, let's, well, one uh, more thing on the Thunder is, I mean, you're gonna we're gonna be able to watch them in the NBA bubble restart. You know, in the playoffs, uh, I could see them getting maybe a first round win, but like, I mean, it's really just looking towards the future with them. I, I don't yeah. really see them going much farther in the first round. They've done so good. Yeah, this season. Like, yeah. Honestly, they've like, exceeded making, expectations. Making the so playoffs like, is a win for them. Yeah. The fact that they're gonna be like four, five, six seed is insane. Yeah. So, and a lot of that is owed to Chris Paul. Even if he's not putting up better numbers, just the role he's been playing. Shout out to Billy Donovan. And his mentorship. Shout out to Billy Donovan, head coach. Yeah. So, big ups to Bleacher Report for at least getting Chris Paul right on this list. Or at least respecting him. Maybe someone like Russ should have been above him. Number, I think the top two are pretty much locks at this point. Some of you might not know who the next one's going to be, since number two is Damian Lillard. Because most people don't think of him as a point guard, but Luca is number one, so yeah. we can discuss both of them also, together. Steph isn't in here yeah. just because he was injured. Steph's mostly. not injured in here because he was injured. LeBron's not a consi- considered a point guard for this, even though the Lakers like 
Yeah, and, technically and, playing and, at point guard. And James Harden sort of sometimes plays point yeah, guard. Yeah, James Harden's guard. on the shooting guard list, and John Wall's also not on here because he's injured. So if you were thinking any of them were going to show up, those are the reasons why they're not here. So number two is Damian Lillard. Number one is Luka Doncic, like I said. I think they're definitely the top two point guards in the league this year. You put Steph into the league, he's probably above Dame and most likely above Luka. The stats Luka's putting up this year, you could argue Luka would be above him. But obviously, that's just a hypothetical. We can't really say anything about that. The only real downsides to Luka's game are his defense and then like his just efficiency shooting. But he puts up great assists, great rebound numbers, and and great. Uh, he scores a lot of points. So I, I just love watching him play. I mean, I, I was high on him uh, coming out of uh, Real Madrid. I thought he was going to be great. I know I can't have any like thing to validate that, but you just have to take me at my word. I thought he was going to be really good. I wish the Cavs would have got him. He did. He bet on him to be Rookie of the Year against us. Before he even got drafted. Before, before he got drafted. I took him from the field. <laughs> yeah, we we uh, me and Andrew took the field. And, okay, Andrew still says he didn't take the bet. I did not. I, so I, did not. I, took, I took the rest of the field, the rest of the rookie class. Gabe took Luka. So Gabe, can confirm, was high on him. As much as I didn't want it to happen, uh, I, you know, it was kind of obvious at that point for me. Just looking at the media, how much they blew him up to be, you know, I don't I mean, know. They like guys like Stephen A. Smith weren't very high on him. They're like no, DeAndre no, like, is the number one. Pick. But like Bleacher like, no, Report, who we're looking at right now, was like all over that dude. And I'm like, okay, this guy's pr-, you know. And they always you know have some sort of huge media player that they love to hype up, who's young, and he somehow ends up winning Rookie of the Year. So, do either of you have issues with? Uh, Luca over Dame. Yes, I know no. Andrew does. Yes. Know. Andrew, do you want to discuss? 100%. I don't know. He's a better rebounder. They're both no. equal. Like they're both. Okay, equal I think Luca's a better okay, passer. Okay, well, first Luka's off, better passer. I mean, more versatile score. I know we're only looking at this year, but I, I mean, I still see Luca as a shooting guard. I know he's he's been a point guard this year, but like if you put if you fit like another good point guard into that Mavericks roster, so Luca would be they playing would bench, shooting guard. They'd bench Tim Hardaway, but. The other yeah, Luka would probably be playing shooting guard, but yeah, uh, they got Jalen Brunson and JJ Barea. So. For me, Luka Doncic is kind of the boof version of James Harden. Um, I mean, <laughs> he doesn't put up the same advanced the boof statistics. Version of yes. James Harden, he, he almost averages a triple double, and he's he's the boof version. Yes, because you can just say he's no, a step the, down. no, the re- okay, he's the reason he's the boof version of James Harden is because of his advanced <laughs> this, this statistics. Respect. His advanced statistics are not even close to what James Harden puts up, not even better than what Damian Lillard puts up. And Damian Lillard has, you know, the better value. Give me some of those he's, advanced statistics. I mean, both of them are, you know, mediocre to lower than mediocre. No, I want you to give me some oh, of those hold advanced on, statistics. Gabe, stop. I'm trying to make my point here, okay? I mean, both of them are mediocre to lower the mediocre defenders. Uh, I'd say Luka Doncic is worse, even though his, you know his size or whatever. But like, uh, but you look at uh, Luka Doncic's shooting. I think it was through December this season he was shooting like twenty eight percent from three or something like terrible like that. He did bring it back to make it like thirty one by you know the cutoff whenever you know the season ended. But that's still just not very good. But I mean, I mean, he puts up also, highlight plays, but like so does Damian you, Lillard if all you the look time. At, if you look like, at him, his three th- balls better. Yeah, Dame is a better three point shooter. Yes. Yeah. No. I don't question. think anyone would argue with that. But if you look at Luca finishing at the rim, he makes seventy three percent of his shots at the rim. 
which is the 94th percentile of the NBA, which means he's above a lot of centers in that regard, which as a point guard, shooting guard, whatever you want to call him, any form of guard, that's a ridiculous number. I'm not sure what Dames is, but I know it's not 73%. And that's something that makes Luka a more versatile scorer and makes him, like, helps out his team because when he's driving to the lane, everyone is pressing on him because they know he's such a good finisher. And then he can kick it out to players like Chris Dobbs, players like Tim Hardaway, Seth Curry when he's on the court for wide open threes, which is why Luka averages more assists than Dan. Exactly. So for me, when you look at that two-point percentage, honestly, I mean, Damian Lillard's a better slasher. I, I, you know, people might think otherwise, but... Luka's in the 94th percentile of the room. You know why? Because he's got, like, players... One through five, who can all shoot and literally just clear the paint for him, whereas Damian Lillard has to work with Hassan Whiteside and will have to work with uh, Yusuf Nurkic in the paint, who both can't shoot on the three-point line. But looking at Dame's like uh, two-point percentage, it is uh, pretty—it's pretty good. Um, it's a point f- or a fifty-one percentage from two-point, which is actually pretty good. Uh, especially when you have a guy like Hassan Whiteside clogging up the paint for you. Uh, I mean, it's not—it's probably not as good as Doncic's because he's got Chris Stapps who just sits on the three-point line and can just clip from three. That's why his three-point statistics are so high because he works so well in that system. He's a great passer, but he also has such like great options for him on the three-point line to work with that he puts up huge assist numbers. You know, I mean, I'm not trying to take away from him being like, you know, trying to say that like he's a bad, you know, playmaker or anything, but like his numbers are juiced because of that. Like if you put him in a different system, it, his numbers would not look the same, but, uh, I don't know. Damian Lillard, I still think he's number one point guard in the, in the game. Oh, so you are a Blazers fan. You do like the Blazers. I mean, I do like the Blazers. Yes. And I love Damian. Obvious bias. But looking at everything, I think this should be a clear number one. Like, I think it's closer it, than you're giving it credit. Okay, I maybe think it's, it I is, think it's but closer. Like, I wouldn't I, be mad if they put Damian Lillard over. Looking at, like, man, just the tear that he went on in uh, January yeah, where he was putting up 40 points per game like every night before he got injured, like, that was crazy. And I, I thought, like, they were about to make a comeback and you get Yusuf Nurkic back, make the playoffs – and then he got injured, and then the season kind of just cut off. So, I think I think either way, the two of them can be interchangeable at the top. But I think it's kind of undebatable that they are the top two out of this list. Obviously, if you bring back a Steph or someone else, and obviously no Cavs players got snubbed here. Yeah, yeah. I think the final decision came down to just the records. Yeah, at the Trailblazers. Yeah, I think that was the real reason. So after this goes out, we will put up a poll for who you think is better, Luca or Dame, on our Twitter, so you guys can debate it there. We're going to wrap up the video there. Uh, We will catch you next time. We're going to go through each of the positions in their own episode. So let us know what you think about this episode, if you think any players got snubbed, or if you think the rankings are messed up like we kind of did. Or if you disagree with any of our takes. Darius Garland, Loki snubbed. Not at all. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Yeah, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Garland, Just Cavs bias. Maybe in a couple of years we'll make that, yeah, yeah. but not. Hopefully. Now. Hopefully.
Make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Mad Dog Pod on both Instagram and Twitter. Uh, get involved in the conversations and like our posts, comment, whatever. You know, anything really helps for us. Make sure to rate and subscribe to our podcast on any platform you get your podcast on, whether that be Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Podbean. Also, make sure make sure to share it with a couple friends that you think might enjoy our podcast. And thanks for listening. Thank you again, and we'll catch you in the shooting guard video or episode on Tuesday.